this week's episode of Pop Culture Double Date. This week I'm joined by the crew, Gerald, Maggie, and Anija. Say hello, everyone. Hello. Howdy, everyone. Uh, yeah, and this week we are here to talk about Westworld, Season 3. What episode is it now? Episode 5? 5? 6? 6? Look, what, whatever, we, it is, whatever, whatever it was, this episode was very fittingly titled... Decoherence. Decoherence. Okay. Well, with coronavirus going on, I have no idea what day it is. I have no idea what episode of Westworld it is. But apparently it's at episode six. We've got two episodes left? Four episodes left? Something like that. Anyway, we're still stuck inside, so we're still watching this. Um, yeah. What is it? Still too many episodes left. <laughs> um. <laughs> So, look, uh, why don't I start by giving a brief overview of the episode, and then we'll kind of drill down into our thoughts of the episode. Um, look, I, I think most, pretty much all of us in this podcast are like going into these episodes without super high hopes at this point in time. Um, but anyway, okay, so th- this week's episode, um, there's three storylines that go through this week's episode. There is the Man in Black storyline. Um, I thought the Man in Black story was done, but it's not, apparently. He gets taken away to the mental asylum, and we get to follow him. The episode, basically, um, the first scene with the Man in Black is quite annoying for me, because this show has a habit of... Um, being quite preachy and like sort of edgily nihilistic sometimes and the man in black gives one of his edgily nihilistic speeches at the beginning of this episode about how everyone on the face of the earth is just a maggot and a parasite so yeah that that was a great way to start this episode um but anyway the the point of the scene is that the man in black is in um He's, like, in a mental asylum. They're trying to rehabilitate him by, I don't really know, by giving him some sort of therapy. So the therapy, they give him these sort of special glasses that make him see things. And they're also, they've also implanted the weird, um, there's this thing that they put in the top of his mouth, right? In the roof of his, in the roof of his mouth that Caleb also has, which I, I think is a form of sedative or control that people in this world, that, that like, they, the people in this world have this sort of implant and it allows other people to have control and give them sedatives, etc., etc., control their sort of blood pressure, their heart rate, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so this gets put in, a mystery gets introduced in which someone notes offhandedly that the man in blood uh, Man in Black's blood apparently has weird proteins in it, and then never mentions it again. Um, anyway, so this uh, the Man in Black basically gets put into therapy with the, his therapy glasses, and in the process he meets older versions of himself, and they have a kind of debate um, about, uh, like, you know... I, I think the crux of it was basically, you know, can you let your past kind of dictate who you are, as in, are you chained by your past? And I think the second thing is kind of around, well, if you can't tell the difference between reality and the illusion, 
does it really even matter, right? If you can't actually tell the difference. I thought that was an interesting idea. It wasn't fully explored, but I thought it was an interesting idea that kind of feeds into kind of some of the other sort of plot lines of Westworld. So that was that. And anyway, so there's that plot line in which he, he puts his therapy glasses on. And in the end, he gets rescued by Bernard and Stubbs who magically appear from nowhere to save him. Um, that's the Man in Black storyline. You have another storyline, which is the Maeve storyline. Um, the Maeve storyline was probably the storyline that bugged me the most this week, but um, the Maeve storyline, Maeve basically got stabbed last week or a couple of weeks ago by Dolores, but now she's back. Serac is saying that she's, he's going to give her another chance. She goes back to War World for whatever reason and um, is told, uh, basically tells Serac that she needs to get some of the, her friends out of storage so she can have help in taking down Dolores. Um, the episode is basically about Maeve um, in War World. Uh, meeting up with Hector, who was one of the people that she wanted to get out. But in the process, you find out Serac has captured one of the Dolores clone um, head grape things, the little pearl in the head. And um, like this kind of intersects with the third storyline, which I'll talk about now, which is um, uh, Charlotte Hale's story, Charlotte Hale-Dolores storyline, in which the corporate thriller sort of comes to its climax, Serac comes to Delos and takes it over. Um, Charlotte Hale does a bit of corporate espionage, gets the data on the hosts, I want to say. I think that's the data. The data on the hosts or the data on the guests or something like that. Manages to get that out of the Delos servers and then, like the Terminator, busts her way out of Delos with the help of the Transformer bot thing that we saw in episode one. Um, in the process, she finds out that Serac is using, well, needs Maeve's help, so she goes down into the 3D printing factory of the hosts and takes uh, both um, her, you know, the, the clone of her that was captured's mind grape and um, Hector, she, she, kill, she kills Hector basically, right? She crushes his mind grape. Um, which causes Maeve to go nuts. and But anyway, Charlotte Hale takes these mind grapes and <laughs> leaves the facility like the Terminator. She goes home and um, tries to get her family, in inverted commas, out of there, but Serac is one step ahead and blows up her family and the car they're in. Charlotte Hale climbs out of the wreckage like the Terminator, basically. So she's the Terminator now. Um, yeah, so th those are the three storylines. Um, yeah, Jerry, I know that you're, you don't love Westworld now. Um, who wants to start? Jerry, do you want to kick off with your thoughts? Sure. So last week I posited that the show was engaged in the grand process of shitting the bed. I was wrong. It wasn't shitting the bed. It was diarrheaing the bed. <laughs> Spreading it all over itself, rolling it all over like some weird, bizarre piece of performance art. Because whatever this show is doing, it ain't working, and it defies all laws of logic. Um, You've mentioned the fact that at the very end of the Williams story, Stubbs and Bernard turn up out of nowhere. I mean... They seem to be the deus ex machina, or at least Stubb seems to be the deus, deus ex machina in every single episode now. I mean, 
I don't know how they knew that William was locked up in this asylum. I don't know how they got there. Um, and I don't know what their plan is with by taking possession of him. It's just completely and utterly bizarre, the fact that these stories intersect in the most random ways without any setup, without any runway, without any explanation. And But that wasn't even the most egregious thing about the William storyline. The most egregious thing, of course, was the whole sort of bullshit AR therapy where he kills versions of himself and shouts at Jim Delos. Why? Why is this why is this happening on my television? Why do I need to see multiple versions of angry Ed Harris being angry at other angry Ed Harris's and killing Jimmy Simpson and shouting at that Scotsman who plays Jim Delos? Why do I need to what is the point? Like we know he's nuts and we know that he's evil and we know that he's kind of screwy so like do we need that whacked over can I just even interject more? as the resident psychologist to explain what I think they were trying to do with that therapy I think he was um, killing who he was in the past so that he's no longer dictated by the past because you know that whole thing was about nature nurture you know was he always doomed to be this way because he's the son of a like a you know a troubled man and and you know from 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 childhood he exhibited these violent tendencies so was he doomed to be this way and this was him kind of going i'm not controlled by anything in the past i kind of make decisions for myself now and so he's he's um symbolically killing i i think that's what they were getting yeah at. yeah I, I agree i, I think <laughs> Because there was a very heavy-handed discussion about free will during the debate between angry Ed, angry Ed Harris and um, angry Ed Harris, so um, so that was that too contributed to I think the sense of frustration I had with the story because it was so heavy-handed. But look, I've checked out of William. I, I just find his storyline so uninteresting, and I've completely disengaged from it. And to have him still in the show still doing horrible things, even though it is meant to signify growth, is just tiresome and monotonous and repetitive and just not worth watching. It's just a waste of my time. The story of Ma- of Maeve in Warworld, I mean, why are we back in Warworld? Like, why is it that Warworld is the only place where her friends are stored? Why can't they just grab the pearls and then put them in fresh bodies? Why does she have to go to Warworld in order for in order for this process to happen. Um, I, I found that utterly baffling and um, really boring. Like her discussion with her discussion with uh, with Dolores was just one of the most boring confrontations between supposed hero and supposed villain I've ever seen. And, and then the the Hale storyline uh, was just egregious on multiple levels as well. I mean the, she kills this board director who's played by the great Iranian actor Payman Mahdi, who is um, most famous for his role in that great Iranian film, A Separation. He was also in Michael Bay's latest masterpiece, Six Underground, oh, um, not having the greatest run in English language projects, Six Underground and Westworld. Uh, and the fact that he is off like a punk by Charlotte Hale in this sort of random sort of two-second cameo on his part says everything you need to know about the way this show is burning through talent in the most cavalier fashion who's the guy that charlotte hit like which guy is this sorry i don't know this is this is the bearded director that she kills 
because he catches her downloading and making a backup of all the information in the Delos servers. Oh, okay, that guy. I thought he was one of Serac's guards. It doesn't matter. No, he, wasn't. <laughs> he, he was actually an original. He, he appeared in the board meeting in, like, the third episode of the show. And okay. I recognize him because I know, you know, I've seen him in various projects. Yeah. And I thought, okay, so they've got this really great actor in this show that obviously meant for him to do something really awesome as the season goes on. Instead, like, he's killed in the most sort of pathetic way possible. Uh, but, and that leads on to, like, what is it about this show and being incapable of, like, portraying actors? in a riveting fashion this season like the shootout between Charlotte and all the baddies uh, culminating in one of the Transformers being brought to life and sort of crushing people uh, there there was a real lethargy about that scene there was no it wasn't kinetic they they were obviously going for some sort of John Wick thing Uh, but it was just lame like the camera wasn't moving Um, we know that Tessa Thompson can do action pretty well because we've seen her in um, uh, you know, sort of Marvel movies and and, and other and other projects. We know she, that she's got she's got the sort of physicality down pat, but like she was just sort of limping along through these action scenes in the most lethargic fashion. And I know it's meant to. I know it's because she was shot, but still, there was nothing kinetic, nothing energetic about this particular action scene, and it, and it sort of leads to her. Her sort of being blown up and sort of emerging from this from this wreckage, as you say, Darren, like the Terminator. But again, who cares? Like we just, I'm just, I'm just past the point of giving a shit about any of these characters. And these these three these three stories have just led up these cul-de-sacs of doom. I think it just it it, it, it really is just this show has just become such a patchwork of random incidents being thrown together and characters speaking in sort of ways that are meant to sound profound but actually aren't uh, and action scenes that are really, really lame. So all in all, uh, while perhaps this episode was not as offensively bad as last week's, I think because it continues a trend of, like, randomness, incoherence and just, like you know, sort of lack of ideas, um, I found it a continuation of all my frustrations with this season. Mm, okay, okay, interesting, interesting. Mags, what were your thoughts? Mm, um, look, I thought it was ridiculous, um, but because my bar is, well, I have no bar anymore, I suppose, I thought it was a bit of fun. So, I mean, I but it was really weird that Bernard and Stubbs just kind of appeared to rescue the man in black, and I too was wondering how did they find him and how did they get there? Um, who knows? But also, I guess I'm at the point where I'm thinking as well, who cares? So all the random kind of crazy things which are happening, I've now got to the point where I just accept, yeah, sure, okay, they turned up. Okay, that's great. What happens next? Um, just because I've just got to suspend belief, I suppose. Um, having said that, it was really weird that they just turned up and then he was sitting on the floor, even though he had been strapped to that chair the whole time, he was having that treatment. 
was really weird. Um, I like the fact that in the Dolores May interrogation sequence, Dolores finally called out what we've been all thinking, which is Maeve's ridiculous superpowers. Yes. So at least he's <laughs> kind of acknowledged that. Um, also, how did Sarak figure out who Charlotte Hale was? Um, I yes. thought that was really uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. I, that but was... you know what? Who cares? <laughs> yeah, that's right. He said the real Charlotte Hale wouldn't have called her son. Yeah, which is so. Yeah. This, that was dumb, right? Like I thought that was the dumbest. Like, I mean, come on, really? That's that's how. Like, there's all these other reasons you could have given for why this lady is not really Charlotte Hale, but then they bring that up. It was just like, come on, that's a bit on the nose, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and I think, like for me, so clearly there's now. It seems three groups forming. There's the Stubbs, um, Bernard, Man in Black, Flash William group. There's the Dolores, Jacob, Terminator group. And then there's the Serac, Maeve group. And at some point, they're all going to come together in the next couple of episodes and have a massive showdown. That's what it seems like. Yeah. About something. I think by showdown, it's it's going to be a shootout. <laughs> it's going to be a shootout in this show, right? Like, it's not going to be an intellectual showdown, or like, a, it's just going to be like Terminators shooting each other. I think, anyway. <laughs> like, with any luck, they'll all shoot each other, and, and we will be done with it. Um, yeah, okay, yeah. Angel, do, do you agree? Do you disagree? Did you love this episode? This episode? Did you hate it? I- I agree with you both. It's uh, it's just a blur episode. Um, with the with the man in black. Um, and the whole yeah. I thought here's the thing, right? So in seasons one and two, I was concerned about his character development and his growth because I think they set up like really interest a really interesting story in which you know there was mystery and his character. Through a backstory and through what he was doing in the present in that in those seasons, there could have been some real growth and real substance to him. And so in those seasons, I did care. But in this season, I just could not care less. Just like um, just like Mags, because they because they muffed it in seasons one and two, right? They set it up, and it could have done it. It could have gone to the places, but. He didn't really grow in those seasons, and they kind of stopped it up. So now it's too late. Now I don't care, and even if it wasn't too late, they're not going about showing any character development in a very, like, nuanced or interesting way. So that's kind of boring when that's on the screen. I don't understand why Maeve had to go back into the Matrix just to get her friends, because... Like because in the real world that's that's where their brains are, right? Like that's where the, the little balls that have the data are. Why does she have to go into the matrix? It was so weird. And if that wasn't weird enough, she has this conversation with Dolores so she can figure out what Dolores' plan is. And she figures out that Dolores would guess that Maeve would need helpers if Maeve was gonna go up against Dolores, and so Dolores' plan must be to make sure that couldn't happen. Which was so weird, because why wouldn't Dolores just go and kill Maeve? 
Like, if Dolores is going to go into that room, like, if she's going to go into that room and find Hector's brain and squash that as a priority, and then, and then after squashing it, she sees Maeve's brain, well, why don't you go to Maeve first and then the whole thing's over? Yeah, like, it so it's so it's so dark. <laughs> it's purely yeah. for dramatic effect, right? It's purely for, oh, my God, she killed Hector, right? Like, exactly. that- but like, but, like, who cares about Hector, right? Because, like, Hector's always been just a piece of meat. <laughs> oh, Jerry. But I also, um, I also agree with what, like, Mags was saying about people just running around. So I think that it's like a chessboard, and it's been, like, instead of two factions, there are three factions, and they're all just running around just so that they can meet at the end. And what that means to, says to me is that they just haven't thought that hard about the plot. They just haven't put that much effort into the plot. They're just going to throw these, like, lofty philosophical ideas around and just have their players running around from A to B to C to D and then have a showdown at the end. And that's the, the extent of effort that's gone into it. And that's, you know, and it really comes, you can see that, you can really feel that. And that's why we are so uninterested, I think. Yeah. It, look, for the, I, I know that we, <laughs> look, it's, I know that we don't, <laughs> bringing up Game of Thrones doesn't really, <laughs> we have a history of doing that, right? But in some ways, what you were just saying there, Anager, really reminds me of the last two seasons of Game of Thrones, in that the last two seasons of Game of Thrones, the way they were bringing people up together just didn't feel organic. It literally felt like a big man over the top moving chess pieces here and there because they needed to be in certain places, right? And yeah, I agree. Like, from a plot perspective, like, it doesn't feel organic. It's just like, what? Okay, so you're just moving these people around and then putting in this sort of drama for the sake of drama, I guess, but none of it feels like, okay, that that makes sense, that should happen that way, and oh my god, that piece of drama was really unexpected because um, none of that, you don't really get those real, a real sense of drama because nothing feels organic, everything feels forced. Yeah, so that, yeah, I, I, I would totally agree with that point. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Andrew, did you have other... Uh... <laughs> Look, that's really it for me. Um, The end with Charlotte Hale, I did feel bad for her son. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and, but again, I feel like they're doing all of these things just so that they can have parties fight each other. Yeah. You know, and none of it's organic because we haven't seen it develop in any organic kind of way. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I agree. Look, like, my view on this is actually... I'm probably not as harsh as Jerry on this episode, right? And mainly because I think, like Mags, I've kind of switched off, right? Like, I no longer see this show as something that is, like, high TV or, like you know, that is really going to explore ideas in an interesting way, right? Like, for me now, this is like just drama TV, right? Any old, like, drama TV. It's just, like, plot that moves along and there's action and blah, blah, blah. Um, I didn't really... So, from the perspective of, well, like, this is not really high art or anything like that, I didn't really mind this episode. Um, Like, I thought... Actually, look, I know that Jerry didn't like the action this episode. Uh, I didn't mind it too much. I, I thought it was funny. I, I enjoyed how it kind of reminded me of Terminator 1, where, she, like, 
Arnold Schwarzenegger goes through the police station just like gaffing people. And I actually thought Tessa Thompson did. I know that Gerald said said that Tessa Thompson felt stiff. I think she was directed in that way to actually act like the Terminator, right? So I actually thought Tessa Thompson did a good job because she acted like a Terminator, right? So she was slow and deliberate and just walked around everywhere and capped people with like super accurate shots like the Terminator. <laughs> so, I mean, it's derivative, but I thought it was, like, fun. But anyway, I guess... Um, yeah, look, I think my main issue with this episode is probably the whole Maeve storyline, because I totally agree. Like, it does not make sense why they would go back to War World. It's just, like... I mean... Okay, and the other thing that I really don't get about War World is... If Warworld is a simulation, why does um, who's the English guy? The the guy with the cane now. What's his name? Um, Lee, Lee Sizemore. Yeah. How how is Lee Sizemore aware? Like, how, how did yeah. how did Maeve make Lee Sizemore? I thought it was just a simulation that kind of reset every time. So how does she make Lee Sizemore aware? And like, why why if it's a simulation, why do we even need? Hector's great there. Why do you need Hector in the simulation? And probably worst of all, like, I, I think the thing that actually breaks, really breaks down as a result of Maeve's action in this episode is the actual underlying morality of season one and two, right? So in season one and two, why do we really hate the man in black? We hate the man in black because we understand that the hosts have some sort of consciousness, right? That they're not like simulations, essentially, right? Why do the guests in the original Westworld treat the hosts so poorly, right? Well, one, because they have dark desires that they want to get out, but also because I think, and I think this is why the man in black treats Dolores so poorly as well, because he believes that she's not alive, that she doesn't actually have a consciousness. She does things like, she's just like a, just a character in a video game, right? Like, she has no agency or choice or like consciousness essentially right she's not really alive she's actually just like a a non-ai non-intelligent robot that's why he does those things right in this episode Maeve goes into like this world and she just murders all the nazis right like and she does it with relish she's just like i'm just murdering these yeah. non-playable characters, essentially, right? They just murders these... And then it's kind of like, well, hang on. If you're going to do that, then how can you possibly morally say that the humans were doing horrible things to your people? Because the humans thought exactly how you thought now. Because the humans thought that... No, you, that. You, sorry? Not that, but, like, she was doing it to kill time. Yeah. Because she just turned up in Warworld. There was nothing else to do. So she decided she would just sort of, like kind of sharpen her skills by murdering all these Nazis for the sheer hell of it, waiting for Lee, waiting for something to happen. And lo and behold, Lee Sizemore turns up, and that's when she decides, okay, I'm done here. Let's go get a drink. Yeah, exactly. And then if you think about it, that's exactly the mentality that all the humans, the guests in the first season of Westworld, are demonized for. Yet, like, for her, it's, so, like, I, I guess the message is that if you're... You're allowed to do that if you're ultra aware, like because she knows that they're fake, I guess. But then, then how can you possibly vilify the man in black? Because it's clear that he thinks that none of the hosts are real. Like it's, I feel like like in 
I feel like they did that killing the Nazis thing as a throwaway, hey, it's so fun to kill Nazis, right? But then I think in doing that, they've actually actually fundamentally broken the moral consistency of the world that they were judging, right? So, yeah, I, I had a real problem. And also, obviously, like, from a plot perspective, War World is just so forced, and you don't fully understand why any of it happens, right? Um, look, I think just in our conversation now, like, I think the whole Man in Black story... Look, I can understand how, like, what they're trying to achieve from a conceptual level there, right? Like, the Man in Black story, like, the concept can basically be summed up in, like, two sentences, right? Which is... Well, I mean, Anager kind of summed up what the concept really was, right? Which was that, you know, like, you know, do you really have agency in your life? And then if you don't have agency, does it actually really matter? And multiple people kind of come to that in conclusion in this episode, like the man in black does and Charlotte Hale's husband does as well, because, you know, like, I guess this is a theme, theme in inverted commas. I'm, look, this is not a super well thought out theme, but like, I can understand what they're trying to go for this season. The theme is kind of, well, do any of us really have free will? And in this world, they have this big AI that's kind of governing everything that they say. And so Charlotte Hale's husband is like, okay, well, I want to believe that I have some sort of agency, so I'm not going to read my future that was sent to me by some random person over the phone, right? So I can kind of get that, right? But I agree with everyone here. This, like, you, a show doesn't exist just on high concept alone, right? A show doesn't exist just because you have some interesting ideas and you put it down. A show exists because the characters interact well, that the plot makes sense, that all of these pieces actually go together and you have the theme that sits over it, right? This season, I feel like they've been super lazy. I think they came up with a theme and they were just like, gave themselves a pat on the back and it was just like, ah, the plot will just sort itself out. Don't worry about it, right? So, yeah, I I think that's really probably the show's greatest sin. Um, Yeah, like, um, what else? What was the... And then I, I guess we had Charlotte Hale and kind of her husband. And yeah, look, to be honest, I was kind of shocked by... Like, I, I thought that was shocking, um, the way they blew up the car. Um, so, yeah, I guess for me, that was like a surprise. It's probably one of the first surprises I've had in this show for a while. But, yeah, so I thought, anyway, but Charlotte Hale's the Terminator now, I guess. Um, yeah. So, look, overall, look, I, I'm probably not as down on the show as Jerry is, mainly because I no longer really see this as high art. I thought it was somewhat enjoyable, um... It's an okay way to pass, like, an hour, or whatever it was, right? I mean, I'm stuck at home. What else am I going to do? So, um, <laughs> uh, uh, so, I wanted to also float with you guys a theory that I have about how, like, how this show is actually going to end, right? Because it, it actually just occurs... So, like, because we do this podcast, right? And honestly, I, I don't know if it happens to you guys, but for me, definitely... Like, this show has become somewhat forgettable, which means that I watch it on a Monday night, and then when we do the podcast later in the week, sometimes I have to re-watch the episode just to remind myself what actually happened. I, I don't know if that happens to you guys or not, right? Um, about half an hour before the podcast, I have to ask Gerald <laughs> to remind what happened in the episode. So, yeah, all the time. Yeah, so exactly, right? This is no longer one of these shows that sticks with you and you're like constantly thinking about it. No, okay. Anyway, so... Kind of in this process, on my, on my rewatching of the show, like, you know, when they're talking to sort of um, Dolores 
Maeve is talking to Dolores in the like not you know like the the Dolores clone right she's talking to the Dol- Dolores clone right and the Dolores clone goes goes to Maeve that she's not actually the villain that none of us are villains and blah 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 right now with a show as heavy handed as this I'm pretty sure that like that sort of stuff is like some sort of heavy foreshadowing so my sense is that um, I think that Bernard is currently actually being controlled by Dolores, which is why... And he doesn't realise this. Both he and Stubbs are unaware that they're being controlled by Dolores, and this plays into the whole free will versus whatever it is. But Dolores realises that for Bernard to do this, he needs to think that he's in control. And that, I think, is why Bernard finds the Man in Black, because we know that Dolores sent the Man in Black to that mental institution. And we also know that Dolores sent the Man in Black the data. Can someone remind me what that data actually was? Is it just the backup of all of the hosts? Uh, look, man, I forget and really can't be asked to figure it out or remember. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I, I think that Bernard is actually under Dolores' control, but, um, and so he and Stubbs are going to rescue the man in black because I think that Dolores realizes that she needs the man in black to enact what her plan is. And I think her plan is that she wants to destroy the AI, right? I think because... In this world, the AI has basically dictated that the world cannot exist without with hosts in it. The only way for the hosts to exist in the world, even if it's kind of side by side with humans or kind of blending in with humans, is that the AI is destroyed. So I think Dolores has this sort of like game that's going on and she's going to sacrifice herself essentially at the end of this episode, uh, at the end of the series, sorry. Um, to basically destroy the big AI and destroy Serac. But then at the end of it, Bernard will be left over. And Bernard, because he has established a relationship with the Man in Black, and the Man in Black won't want to kill him, that Bernard will be the last, and maybe Stubbs, will be the last remaining hosts alive, which will ensure the survival of Dolores' species, essentially. Right Now... I think my sense is that that is, that is also going to happen because I think they're going for, and the reason I bring this up is because this this episode, um, Maeve meets Dolores in that sort of special room where like Arnold used to sort of debug Dolores, right? So I think they're going to go for like the repeating pat- pattern thing. So you know how Dolores kills Arnold in the first place, right? Now, and then... Um, Dolores kills Arnold, but then for t- in order to Dolores kills Arnold to give Dolores consciousness, but to give her species freedom, she's going to have Bernard, who is like Arnold version two, kill her. Right? Again, like it's, it's a theory. I'm not super excited about it. I think that's, that's where they go. Oh, wow. You did a great job of thinking that out. That's, yeah, that sounds very plausible. And like, yeah, well done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm impressed. I, am, I'm, I too am impressed. And that's why I don't think it'll play out that way. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's, yeah, your theory is better thought out than the show. Yeah. Uh, and, so, and so I just don't think, however it'll end up, it'll be, it'll be a mess. It'll make the finale... <laughs> For Game of Thrones, look like the finale of Breaking Bad. It will be just this incoherent shit show. 
that'll that'll just blow everyone's minds with just the awesome majesty of its badness. Um, that's 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 the uh, that's what I'm betting on. Yeah, I did one. Bernard was Dolores, but your um your guess that it's not that he's another Dolores, but that she's controlling him makes much more sense. Yeah, it could happen. Although I agree, I I had the same thought as Gerald when you were talking. That no, that sounds too sounds too good. Is that sounds too well thought out? <laughs> Look, I I guess we'll see. This, <laughs> as I said, I'm I'm bearish on this show as well. But that was just my thought as I was watching this last episode. Right. Having said that, as I said before, I don't really. I, I'm no longer seeing this as really high art or it's this is like fun drama. Right, well, fun in inverted commas, according to yeah, Jared. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> for fun, yeah, yeah it's just I mean, drama. I mean, yeah. What really offends me about this show is just the, the level of resources it must have sucked in from HBO. Because look at the budget of the thing. There's there's so much money thrown on the screen. You have cameos from great Iranian actors. You've got Tessa Thompson. You've got, you know, Evan Rachel Wood and Jeffrey Wright and Ed Harris. So much talent on the screen. You've thrown in for this season Aaron Paul. I mean, Jesse Pinkman himself. And you have got the sh- you've expand you have it, it, on one level at least geographically expanded the scope of the show by filming so much of it in Singapore, which knowing Singapore probably wasn't cheap. So, like, there was so there is so much money being burned through, and HBO has just chucked a ton of resources at um, Lisa Joy and and Jonathan Nolan, and the product. Bearing in mind that they had two years to conceive of, to write, and to shoot this season, the product has been execrable. Um, now, there's only one other television show that's returned this year that took a that took a hiatus last year as well, just as this show did, and that's that's and you know Anna is going to roll her eyes when I when oh, I mention not this, better call but Saul. it is Better Call Saul. <laughs> and that show is now written and plotted and shot at a level of intricacy and precision that far exceeds quite possibly anything else on television right now and to to to, to that the, the most recent season of better call saul ended this week and just to take a step back and observe the entire arc of that season and what it's done to the characters and how everything is intricately plotted and everything feels organic uh and, and to contrast it with what the showmakers of the showrunners of westworld have done is to be staggered by just how amazingly large the golfing quality is between these two shows. Like Vince Gilligan knew how knew and knows how to run a writer's room and how to ensure that when they break story, despite the fact that a lot of it involves brilliant improvisation because they often think of plot endings before they know how to get there, they still nonetheless ensure that all T's are crossed and all I's are dotted. Whereas you look at Nolan and Joy, I mean they had some conception, of, I think, of an ending because and we saw it in the postseason stinger last year when I think it's Robot Man in Black turns up at um, the turns up at the ruins of the you know control center at Westworld and uh, looks around and says, "Well, fuck." So they know how they know how this they know at least some some of the plot beats about two or three seasons away from now but 
the the way they're getting there is so haphazard, displays so little notion of um, an understanding of character, an understanding of how human beings would react, an understanding of how robots pretending to be human be- beings would react, that you know one just throws one's hands up and says, "Look, I- I'm checking out. Like this is this is this is not a ride I want to be on anymore." Mm, yeah. Look, yeah, I look. I, I've said that I said this before earlier, and I agree with you, Jerry. Like, I think this show is a cautionary tale about when high concept um, trumps everything. Like, a high a concept doesn't make a good television show, right? There's character and plotting, and you can't just exist on theme alone, right? A television show is a combination of like production values, character plotting, all of these things all have to be like really careful. And it's a hard job, right? Like I understand that it's a hard job, and um, yeah, but I definitely feel like you know from a production perspective, they definitely have strong production values this season. But I feel like where they've let themselves down in a really fundamental way is that plot and character has just have just kind of like fallen by the wayside and they've kind of just convinced themselves that they can get get by with theme alone and that's just not the case you you like theme alone doesn't make a good show yeah it, it yeah I mean, this is such a great example of that so um, for, um, for anyone who cares what do you think is the the plot about the new pro the weird proteins being found in the man in black, black's blood? Like, where do you think that's going? Is he turning into a robot? <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe maybe he already is a robot because we know we know at some point there's gonna but be there's gonna be a robot man in black. But he ages. Yeah, well, so does so does Arnold Schwarzenegger's Terminator. No, but none of the other robots <laughs> age in this. No, world. but also, but also, like when. So, you know, to figure out Dolores, because you know when Dolores is in the van, right, in the in the ambulance, and they take her blood, and they're like, oh, this blood is like, there's no whatever it is, is I don't know, like, no, like, something or others that's not in the blood. I'm not a scientist, I don't know. Anyway, like, like apparently it's clear that the robot blood is not, or not blood, right? But clearly for the man in Blad's, Black's blood, it's not like, oh, wow, this isn't human blood, it's just like, oh, there's something weird in it. So maybe he's modified himself, right? Maybe this is the... I think all they said about Dolores is that she's not in the database. I don't think they said that the blood wasn't like human blood. No, I think I think also they did something about how... Because the paramedic was trying to treat her, and they were like, uh-huh. yeah, I, I can't find the suitable blood or whatever it is, right? So, um, yeah, like... So where do you- Look, I I think maybe this is like how this sh- like how this show resolves, right? It's like kind of, you know, like the man in black creates, uh, like basically to live forever or whatever it is. Like maybe they've created this hybrid robot human thing, and maybe that's how humans and robots, like that. That maybe that's that's the resolution, kind of right? That humans and robots can co co coexist together as a single species because the future of humanity is in this sort of cyborg like life form right (laughs) where you're part artificial and part organic and you know your mind is downloaded into a mind grape or like a little ball or whatever it is right and gives you some sort of like altered carbon essentially i like it yeah yeah but you know uh, 
I, I, and look, maybe maybe that's how that's how like they defeat Rehoboam, right? Which is like, oh, like you know, you, this machine could only predict a reality in which humans existed as flesh bags. But let's chart another reality in which humans transcend their mortal shells. Blah blah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows what is going to happen with this show? <laughs> and I think <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if we really care that much, but. Just a hypothesis. Do you have a hypothesis, Anajo? Uh, no, my hypothesis was as, was as intelligent as maybe he's turning into a robot. <laughs> <laughs> my, my hypothesis is, or at least it's more my hope than hypothesis, is that we don't find out because HBO is going to pull the plug in the show after this season. Do you really think there's going to be oh. another season of this? There's no yeah. way there's going to be another season of this. No. Like, uh, there's no way. Did they have? Have they said anything about a season four? Hmm. Interesting. Jerry, are you? Gonna... Did they reckon that? The... No. This is the, an ending season. It feels like an ending season. I hope it's an ending season. <laughs> <laughs> but given given the given the postseason stinger that we saw uh, last year. Oh, guys, guys, incoming news. HBO renews Westworld for season four. Are you How? for real? No, no way. No way. Why? Why would you? Why? Why? Oh. Why? why do they do that? <laughs> this is. This is. Okay. Can, can I just? I honestly have an issue with modern media. How they just keep stretching things out past their use-by date, right? I know that Jerry didn't like Westworld Season 2, but me, personally, I would have been quite happy if they just ended Westworld at the end of Season 2. I thought that was a clean ending, and I thought the the man in Black Stinger was kind of like... You know, like, sci-fi films often have, like, that sort of... It's like the Planet of the Apes Stinger, right? Where it's like, it was Earth all along, the end, right? Like, I'm happy with that sort of thing, right? Like, where it's like, oh, okay, the Stinger kind of makes... Like gives you a sort of a little bit of twist, and then they just don't come back to it. They just leave you with that thought, right? What is wrong with that? What is wrong with just finishing things without like having to endlessly pump these franchises for money? Like, ugh, I don't know. But, Guys, maybe they'll listen to our podcast and be better next season. <laughs> <laughs> we should just send them a link to this podcast. <laughs> but like. People also forget that this show had a very troubled conception. Like, the pilot, I think, had to... Well, or at least the... If not the... if The, the pilot, if not the entire first season, had to be largely reshot because when they tested it, it was a ginormous flop. So I think what has, hap- what, what has happened with this show is, like, let's face it, the people who make it, they were always hacks. They were as much hacks in the season one as they are now. It's just that HBO... Uh, succumb to the sunk cost fallacy and having thrown a bunch of money at an awful first run at the pilot or the first season thought well we've got to spend a lot of money to fix it and they did and they improvised and they improvised pretty well in trying to fix season one but that did nothing to remedy the underlying ailment in this show namely that those running it were just a bunch of hacks who had no idea how human beings act and how story arts are organically created. And so HBO has continued burning resources and money, throwing a bunch of on-screen and off-screen talent at the show, only, I think, for it to result in one of the worst seasons of television I can remember. 
Well, look, I, I, I honestly, I haven't really been following general media as much on this season as I usually do, mainly because, as we've said in this podcast, my level of intrigue and interest uh, surrounding this show is no longer really what it used to be, right? But, you know, maybe other people like it? Are we like a contrarian view here? I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, not- one of the, the, I think last episode, I, I read an article where they said that was the best episode ever, and we thought it was the worst. So yeah. maybe other people do. It seems like other people do like it. Yeah. So maybe we're contrarian. You know, like, but that is crazy. That last. Oh my god. Last episode, I genuinely thought was one of the. Like, I'm not even. This is not an exaggeration. I'm not saying this for like to exaggerate, right? Like, it's. I genuinely thought the last episode was crap. Like. I thought this episode was better than the last episode, right? Like, and I enjoyed this episode more, but the last episode was just crap on, like, every level. So, anyway. Okay. Calm, soothing thoughts. Um, on that note, do we have any other points on this episode of Westworld? Uh, Next. I'm actually, I don't know if you saw the trailer for next week's, but I'm very annoyed because it's a Jesse Pinkman episode. And, (laughs) you know, he's just, I'm sorry, but he's not even part of this world. It's like he's (laughs) being picked up along the way, and I don't want a whole episode invested on him. And if he's meant to be the saviour of mankind, I'm just going to, it's such a wank. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> does, I'm not excited. Does he remind you of like John Connor? Like this is I get so many Terminator references in this show now. Right? Like it's like is she is he supposed to be John Connor and like Dolores is like the T eight hundred? Maybe he's a cyborg. Maybe he's a cyborg too. <laughs> yeah, I mean he might be right. We've been theorizing about that yeah. since the beginning. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Look, all, all I'm going to say to close this one out is I think Westworld is on track to be the worst piece of hot, big-budget science fiction since Prometheus. <laughs> okay, well, we'll see next week how that prophecy turns out. We'll see if Gerald can be swayed next week. I think it's unlikely, but we live in hope. <laughs> okay, thanks for thanks for joining me tonight to talk about this. Um, Say bye, everyone. Bye. Ciao.